0: This podcast contains strong language and graphic depictions of criminal offenses. This episode includes discussions of murder that some people may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised.
1: All crimes discussed in today's episode are alleged, and all parties involved in this story are considered innocent until proven guilty by a court of law. Any theories and opinions put forward by myself or my co-hosts are simply conjecture and should not be taken as fact. This is part one in a two-part series on this case, After finishing this episode, check out our feed for the update episode with very important details not discussed in part one. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. This episode is being recorded on May 16th. 2020 this is a very current and active case and by the time this episode is available to you there may be updates to the story should any major developments occur after the time of this recording we will either add that information to the end of this episode or feature those developments in a mini episode in the future now without further ado let's get on with our cast introductions and jump right into the case soy señor david I'm Josiah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Hannah. David threw everyone off.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sarah.
1: Uh, My name is Nathan. Hello. And I'm your host, Tanner Azanero, a.k.a. The Odd One. November 2019.
2: No. Really?
1: Oh, this is current. Oh. This is This, is this, super this case is literally, we're fifth? in the middle of it right like now. Like six months old. They we're in the middle of it right now. Fifth. An infant. In the town of Rexburg, Idaho. Of course, Sat Idaho. Sat the unsuspecting home of a family with a particularly unusual dynamic. The two children, 17-year-old Tylee and her 7-year-old adopted brother JJ, had recently moved to Rexburg with their mother, 46-year-old Lori Vallow, more recently known over the past two months as Lori Daybell. Lori had married 51-year-old Chad Daybell in early September 2019, and Chad was also living in Rexburg with Lori and children Kylie and JJ.
2: Well, I'm looking at this whole diagram.
1: She marries the father of the adopted child. We'll get to it. It's confusing. Don't look at all of it right now. I was just looking through that. But, and that kind of blew for, my mind. For those of you listening, I sent them like a basically like a family tree of all the people involved. It's really confusing, but once we start like going through it, it'll make more sense. Don't look at it until we've gotten like a there few are names lines
2: deep. Everywhere. Until we yeah,
1: until we've gotten a few <laughs> names deep. This case is really confusing. Okay. When I say the family dynamic is unusual, I'm talking about the complicated paths each individual in the house had taken to get there. Brand new husband, Chad Daybell, is Lori's fifth marriage. 17-year-old Tylee is Lori's biological daughter from her third marriage seven-year-old JJ is the grandson of Lori's sister-in-law from Lori's fourth marriage what
2: the hell
1: Lori and her previous husband before Chad Daybell adopted JJ when he was born and without parents I'm unsure of the story behind JJ's need for adoption at this point in our story it's November 2019 now J.J.'s grandmother, Kay Woodcock, who lives in Arizona, had been trying since August of 2019 to get in contact with her grandson, J.J. But for some reason, his adoptive mother, Lori, continued to evade discussion and deny Kay the ability to speak with J.J. Knowing that J.J. is a seven-year-old child with special needs, her concern steadily grows from August through November that someone needs to get their eyes on J.J. and make sure he is okay. On November 26, 2019, Rexburg police show up at Lori and Chad Daybell's home to complete a welfare check for J.J. When they arrive, they are greeted by Lori's older brother, 51-year-old Alex Cox, When asked by police the whereabouts of JJ, Alex tells them that JJ is in Arizona with his grandparents, to which police respond, no he's not, that's who called us. Lori then tells police that Alex is mistaken, but that both JJ and his older sister Tylee are in Arizona staying with a family friend. With nothing more to do, Rexburg police leave, phone the police in Arizona, who then conduct their own welfare check at the address where Lori claimed the children were staying. Upon that welfare check, police realize that neither of the children are there, and that the family friends haven't seen Lori or her kids in quite some time. The next day, back in Rexburg, Idaho, police returned to the Daybell residence with a search warrant only to discover that Lori and Chad Daybell have skipped town, leaving police with no idea where they've gone or where Tylee and JJ are. What police had to do next was take a deep dive into the family's history, particularly Lori's history. They had no idea that a long trail of violence And death had already led up to Tylee and J.J.'s bizarre disappearance. And from here on out, we're going to jump backward in time, lead back up to the point of Tylee and J.J.'s disappearance, and then go on from there.
2: Goodness.
1: Lori did have an older son from one of her first two marriages. His name is Colby, and in 2001, he was adopted by Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan. Lori and Joseph had Tylee together in 2002, but their marriage was short-lived, marred by abuse from Joseph Ryan. In an interview with Dateline NBC, Colby Ryan claimed his stepfather sexually assaulted him while Joseph was married to Lori. Later in 2007, Alex Cox, Lori's older brother, pled guilty to assaulting Lori's ex-husband, Joseph Ryan. According to court documents, Alex Cox came at Joseph Ryan with a stun gun, tasing him twice and verbally threatening to kill him. Mary Tracy, a former friend of Alex Cox, wrote to him while he was incarcerated, and not only that, she also kept and shared the letters... He wrote back to her with Fox 10 news of Phoenix, Arizona, in which Alex requests that Mary get Joseph Ryan's address and license plate and send it to him so he can share it with other inmates. So everyone following along here so far
2: as much as I can. Sorry. Who's Mary? Mary.
1: Mary is a friend of Alex Cox. Alex Cox is Lori's older Older brother. Right. Right. Alex was incarcerated for 90 days because he assaulted Lori's, at the time, ex-husband, who was her third husband, third marriage, her ex-husband, Joseph Ryan.
2: For, like, abusing her.
1: He, yes, he, he assaulted him. Yeah. For I mean, the mo- the, well, I would assume the motives are because he was an abusive husband. Gotcha. Um, okay. He but, was like
2: being, he was like being a protective brother kind of
1: thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he assaulted him. He asked Mary for Joseph's, Joseph Ryan's address so that he could share it with other inmates oh, basically yikes. being like, tell us where you live so we can all go kill him uh, when we're, we're out good. of prison. So Lori married her fourth husband, Charles Vallow in 2006. The family then moves to Phoenix, Arizona, and over the years, it seems that life is finally nice and calm for the family, now known as the Vallows. In 2012, Charles's sister, Kay Woodcock, and her husband, Larry, are trying to find an adoptive home for their grandson, JJ. When Lori and Charles adopted JJ, he fit right into the family, and was instantly the beloved little brother to Tylee and Colby. In 2014, the Vallow family moved to the island of Kauai on Hawaii. Colby, now grown, moves back to the mainland. And while the beautiful setting of Kauai was a backdrop of perfection to the Vallow household, not all was right within the walls. Dateline NBC interviewed Lori's friend April, who also lived on the island of Kauai. The two women became very close, relating to each other as both devout members of the LDS Church and as Mormon women who had been through divorce, something often frowned upon by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Having been brought up her whole life in the LDS community, Lori kept her faith into her fourth marriage with Charles Vallow, who had converted from Catholicism to Mormonism for Lori. In her interview, April says that Lori was disappointed by her marriage to Charles and that it wasn't spiritually fruitful enough for her. According to April, Lori felt that Charles wasn't as spiritually evolved as she was. Lori felt like her husband was holding her back, and she longed for a more suitable and spiritually developed partner, someone who was up to her level.
2: So she... He's, like, the guy on this tree that's, like, kind of baldy with a little yes. goatee.
1: Yeah. That's Charles like Vallow sure is, the, sure. is the fourth husband. His mm. sister is JJ's grandma, and he and uh, Lori adopted JJ together. Okay. Yeah. So, at this point, the and they house...
2: moved to Hawaii. hmm From at this, where? From
1: Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So, at this point, the household is Lori Vallow, Charles Vallow, Tylee Ryan who's the the younger daughter, and then young J.J. JJ Vallow, yes.
2: Okay. They're all in Hawaii.
1: Yes, they're all together in Hawaii. Except for Colby, right? Colby moves away. He's like an adult. He's like 27, I think, right now. He's a little bit older than us. Um, Okay. Over the years, Lori and Charles Vallow eventually move back to Arizona. But in February of 2019, Lori calls her friend April. Lori just landed in Kauai and she's leaving her marriage with Charles and asked if April would host her for the time being. Lori told April, that Charles had an affair but during her interview with Dateline April expressed that she was skeptical of this claim and that Lori herself seemed to be acting out of character Charles was also April's friend and it was hard for her to believe that he cheated. Lori also excitedly told April that she had gone to the airport while Charles was away on a business trip, cancelled his return flight and retrieved his car from the airport where it was waiting for him April wasn't aware that Lori had also thrown out all of Charles Vallow's clothes and taken $35,000 from his business account. Oh. Oh. With all that, Lori left Arizona without a word, and Charles was filing for divorce. Another thing that April didn't know was that her friend Lori had been telling Charles That she was a spiritual being with special godlike abilities, such as teleportation. Wait, no. I'm sorry. Lori was telling Charles that she had special powers. I,
2: I don't want to judge anybody right off the bat. A lot of people have multiple divorces, but five divorces is a lot. This
1: is husband number four at this point,
2: right? And I was just very curious when the thing that just kind of came up that maybe
1: oh we'll get to that
0: I'm sorry but this story was like pretty normal and then you said teleportation
1: this, <laughs> this, this so is true. one of the craziest stories I've ever heard this I've, is I've, so, like, I've been following this story since January of this year
2: no way
1: and wait and you said uh, Lori said she had teleportation? Lori is the one saying that she has special so abilities she's,
2: she's a little, a little crazy a little
1: up. crazy. Well, we'll get we'll I, get to my opinions okay, of these okay. people when I explain a little bit more. A,
2: <clears> a I dash ain't of ain't crazy. crazy.
1: Lori tells dash. April about a man she <laughs> met years ago named Chad Daybell. He's a spiritual author whose books center around the topic of doomsday. The Oops. end of the world. Oh, wow. Turns out Lori also had a great interest in the end times and how best to prepare for them. This led Lori to a website called Preparing a People, whose mission, as stated on their website, is to prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. <gasps> Preparing a People releases different kinds of media Spreading their beliefs about the inevitable apocalypse And educating people on how to spiritually and physically survive it Chad Daybell had spoken at many Preparing a People events Which is where, sometime around 2015, he met Lori Vallow They became very fast friends Eventually appearing together on an episode of the Preparing a People podcast On the podcast, they discussed Daybell's visionary gift and his two near-death experiences. To put it simply, Chad Daybell claims that he has visions of the future. One of those visions was of the death of his wife, Tammy Daybell. He had told people close to him, very emotionally, that angels had come to him and warned him that Tammy was going to die. Lori, of course, doesn't say all of this to her friend April, but she does say that her and Chad Daybell are a part of a group of people. Lori believes that Chad herself and the members of her group are members of the 144,000 people who who are ordained to go to heaven when the second coming of Christ occurs? Wait, how many? So we're talking about 144,000. 144,
2: Why? It's a very specific number.
1: I don't know the th- the story behind that actually. Is that any in the book of Revelations?
0: There's a lot of I can give a theological dissertation of Revelations, but it's not going to say anything that everyone hasn't already not figured out themselves. Also, Revelation is pretty hard to understand. It's just wild. The only thing we do pull out of there that is factual is
1: that we don't know when this is happening. Can't wait. Lori tells April (laughs) to join her. And April, concerned and confused, refuses the offer to join Lori's group.
2: April seems sound of mind. Yeah, April seems cool.
1: April's a little freaked out because Lori just shows up out of the blue. He's like, I'm back in Hawaii. I'm leaving my husband. I I pulled a prank on him where I I stole, where I canceled his return flight and stole his car. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Also, Uh um, we're ordained to go to heaven and I think you're really special and you should join us. You should join our group yeah,
2: cuz we're all going to we're going
1: to go to heaven together cuz we're specially ordained.
2: But if she convinces her to join the 144,000 doesn't that just like by default boot somebody out of the
1: 144,000? <laughs> no, I think she's
2: like, I think she's saying that she is one of the ordained.
1: Yeah, she is. She's her oh, and like, Chad Daybell damn, are basically saying person. they're
0: the leaders of the ordained. They're basically mm. saying they get to choose who Christ saves. You know, something that the church ain't really down for. Oh,
2: this is not
1: good. We're going to use the C word a lot today. And by that, I mean cult.
0: <laughs> the, yeah, this is the thing. They I back can is use the other cult vibes.
1: Like <laughs> Is the other one
0: called? Do they start this cult? Well, this the thing the, is, I went to Kauai? the...
2: the, the the main yes. C word Curiously. and the other one I went to was Christ.
1: <laughs> the Christ. But like Christ Golden Cunt. These like <laughs> give super like culty vibes. Like Oh,
0: super culty. Like, hey, like join us. We know something you don't. And like we can offer. And it to we're you all gonna survive when God comes us.
1: down and kills everybody. Yeah, else. It's almost
0: like cults use fear mongering tactics to draw in supporters.
1: Yep. So we'll get, we'll get a little bit more into the cult thing because it's not a cult, but it's super culty. Also, you like cults. Super culty. I do like cults. Uh, <laughs> I do like hearing about cults. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> after, <laughs> so after two months, two months of no word to anyone, Lori Vallow just shows back up to her home in Arizona with Charles Vallow. I th- I think the exact day I don't have it written down here and I couldn't uh, find it again so don't quote me on this but I think it was 52 days. Lori disappeared, didn't say anything to anyone for 52 days and then just walked back up to her home in Arizona. And while, who's watching her kids? Uh the, with uh Charles. Charles. I I saw I I read one article that said that Tylee went with Lori for the 52 days but I kind of don't know how real that can be, because if Laurie didn't talk to anyone for 52 days, someone would have been like, hey, like, Tylee's gone, we don't know where Laurie is, we need to report this, so I read that somewhere, but I don't know how much I believe that, I don't know if Tylee was with her for, like, part of it, I'm I'm not sure, Tylee's, uh, at this point, like, 16, 17 years old, she's older and kind of a more independent kid, so, Not entirely sure. All I know is that Lori was gone for like two months. Cool. Yeah. So, tensions are high. Lori continues to assault Charles with her strange new beliefs and claims of supernatural abilities. In his divorce papers, a few different entries show that Charles was afraid for his life and made a point to say that if anything happened to him, Lori was responsible. Oh. July 11th. That's fair. Yeah. So,
2: like, uh, I don't know if I trust the fact that he, like, made that statement ahead of time.
1: Well, it's in divorce filing, so it's part of his, like, hey, I don't want to be with her, and also I don't want the kids to be with her because she's he lists a bunch of the stuff she's saying about like supernatural powers and she's saying all this yeah. to me. And... It's
0: not that uncommon for someone to say like, hey, if something happens to me, check this person first. Like, right.
1: Okay. It's that not that weird.
0: Suspicious people will say.
2: Okay.
1: It's not that weird. Um, but yeah, so July 11th 2019 911 dispatch receives a call from a very calm man who states that he shot his brother-in-law in self-defense, the caller is Laurie's brother, Alex Cox. Alex. And the man who he shot and killed is Charles Vallow. Uh-oh.
2: Oh. Police
1: arrive at Lori and Charles Vallow's home, where Alex explains to the police that it wasn't his home, but that Lori and her children were not present at the time of the shooting. In the middle of this interview, Lori and Tylee walk up, fully aware of what's happened. Both are calm and casual with Lori cracking jokes and smiling with officers while crime scene investigators take photos of her husband's body inside the home. That's Uh, not good. Lori tells police that she had been in the home when the shooting occurred. She said that she left to take JJ to school after it happened. Lori said (laughs) that Charles... Lori said that Charles was putting JJ in the car to take him to school when he realized he left his cell phone inside. When he came inside, Lori says that he saw her snooping through his phone and an argument broke out when she refused to give it back to him. Tylee then adds her story, saying that she heard the argument from upstairs and grabbed a baseball bat. Tylee continues to say that she stuck the bat out towards Charles and he grabbed it away from her. Alex attempted to intervene, but claims that Charles struck him in the back of the head with the bat. Alex then goes to his room, gets his gun, and then returns and shoots Charles twice. Alex did have a small cut on the back of his head, but it did seem strange that a large man like Charles, a former college baseball player, would have left much it seems he would have left much more than a small cut if he swung a bat at Alex's head when he's bigger than him and previously played college baseball.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Police also described Tylee's behavior as odd, rigid, and overly proper.
2: And Tyley's the daughter, right? Tylee yeah. is the daughter. Like teenager. 17 at this point? Yeah, teenager. 16,
1: 16, 17, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, police would later describe her behavior as... Coached.
2: I was going to say coached. rehearsed, but we rehearsed,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's oh. not
2: a good description in a murder investigation. No,
1: not at all. It's, it's really bad for you. But, I mean, police are like, okay, sounds like it was self defense. Bro, seriously? Huh? Hmm? Most good crime stories
0: I find have negligent police officers. Sorry to any police officer involved in this case,
1: but... yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to say they're negligent. I'll say I've never read anything that was, like, questioning police on why they didn't, like, arrest him or why it wasn't, like, pushed harder. So I'll say... I don't know if it's a thing where maybe they were looking at a case and just didn't have anything to go off of or if it got kind of swept under the rug just because of the situation. I'm not sure. I mean, there's
0: a lot of legal issues within that, too, of, like, oh, where are we overstepping? And You have to be careful as a police officer, obviously.
1: Right. But it, it does seem weird because in interviews, police also talk about this interaction. Right. And they talk about how, like, Lori's like smiling with them and joking, and is like, "Yeah, no, I know it happened." Like she like walks up after dropping JJ off, and it's so weird. And the police talk about how weird it was. So I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to speak ra- ill of yeah. law enforcement. You could also rationalize that as being a shock. Thing. Yeah, it it does seem weird that they didn't like go. This seems fishy, and, and arrest him. But I'm not sure. I don't know anymore on that. But. In further weirdness, that night, many neighbors reported that Lori had thrown a pool party the same night that Charles Vallow was shot and killed in her home by her brother. A pool party? It was later discovered that January 2nd, six months before Alex Cox killed Charles Vallow, Lori had gotten an email from Chad Daybell where he stated... That Lori's husband, Charles, was being possessed by a demon named Nick Snyder.
2: Nick (laughs) Snyder is the worst demon name ever. What the hell?
1: That's the most westernized
0: demon name I've ever Nick heard in my entire Snyder. life. Nick Snyder. That's a Not really. Old,
1: I will Nick say Nick that's or a or lame or ass or exorcism. Or Get or out, Nick Snyder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like Nick Snyder. Seriously, <laughs> that sounds like my neighbor. We come and he's from white Lucifer,
2: Michelangelo. And like boring.
0: Yeah. Like hey, it's Nick. Like, <laughs> pretzels. Hey, yeah. what's up, Snyder? How you doing,
2: son? Nick Snyder's <laughs> definitely, even definitely sounds Snyder. somewhat Hebrew, like my neighbor or something. But like Nick.
0: Nick Snyder's like a 37-year-old yeah. white man who has like a 9-to-5 at some
1: like... It is with a K. <laughs> uh, yeah. Due to Charles' fear of Lori before he died, he changed the beneficiary of his life insurance worth $1 million. Oh, now no. going to his sister, Kay, ah. grandmother of J.J., After discovering this, Lori sent an angry text to Kay, frustrated that she wasn't getting the money anymore. Very shortly after Charles' death, Lori uprooted Tylee and JJ from Arizona and moved them to Rexburg, Idaho without a word to any other member Hang of on. her family, including her oldest son, Colby.
2: But, like, why Idaho? There's, like, potatoes and the gems there. It's a gem state. I've and driven through else. Idaho and there's nothing there. Sarah I Red live there. next to Idaho to and there from was Idaho, nothing there. We deeply but you you, also, were, you have not a not very wrong.
1: beautiful <laughs> state, but I, oh, it is empty. Oh, I mean, empty. it was
2: beautiful, but there was nothing there.
1: <laughs> so, we're gonna jump around a little bit more here. Um, so, leading up to the disappearance of Tylee and JJ, a bunch of stuff happens. Oh, no. I'm going to hit you with thing after thing after thing. Are you ready? Basically, the death of Charles was the catalyst for bonkers bananas crazy shit.
0: Oh, oh really? Murder's, murders a catalyst. That should be or? the name of the episode. Poor Charles, man. I'm Did like, they do
2: arson before shit. this murder?
0: Huh? What? Why? (laughs) Because Sarah's always on about how arson is the gateway (laughs) gateway, crime. The gateway
1: crime? crime? Oh, you're right. It's the gateway (laughs) to murder. Just curious. As as far as I know, no. (laughs) Would I be surprised?
2: It comes up later in the case. You won't
1: be when you hear all the rest of this. (laughs) Sunday, September 8th, Lori, her two children, and her brother Alex took a trip to Yellowstone National Park. This is the last time Tylee is seen by anyone or captured on any camera. Around this time, Laurie also calls JJ's school and informs them that he will be homeschooled from now on. Tylee was already homeschooled. A week after the Yellowstone visit, JJ is captured on a neighbor's doorbell camera playing outside his new home in Rexburg, Idaho. This is JJ's last sighting. JJ's grandparents continued to ask Lori to see and speak with JJ. Insider reports that the last time G- that the last time the grandparents had been in contact with JJ was for a 35-second FaceTime call in August, where JJ answered, said hello, looked away from the camera, and then immediately said he had to go and hung up the call. October second, 2019, back in Arizona, a man named Brandon Boudreaux was sitting in his vehicle when a shot rang through his car. He initially thought it was a paintball gun until he realized it had shattered his window. He called the police and immediately drove away from the area. Brandon Boudreau at the time was in a very heated, well he still is. He was, he's in a very heated custody battle with a woman named Melanie, who is the niece of Lori and Alex. Melanie also associated herself with the religious group that Lori had joined. Brandon Boudreau recognized the vehicle that fled right after the shot was fired. It was a jeep. Registered to Charles Vallow, who at this point had been shot and killed by Alex Cox already. Brandon Boudreaux and law enforcement suspect that Alex Cox was the one who fired the gun and attempted to kill Brandon Boudreaux.
0: So Alex was involved with the religious movement, the religious group.
1: Uncertain, but I would guess so. And we'll get to some stuff in a minute. There's a lot more. (laughs) Um, Melanie, who remarried very shortly after her divorce from Brandon, denies any involvement in the assassination attempt and says that she flat out asked Alex if he attempted to kill Brandon. Alex denied it. Melanie's new husband ended up wearing a wire For the FBI to see if Melanie would give up any information about the religious group and the whereabouts of the missing children. But no information was collected, and now Melanie and her husband are cooperating with each other and also with law enforcement and seem to have no ties to Lori Vallow and the suspicions around her. Melanie is one of the few people publicly defending Lori Vallow claiming that while she doesn't understand Lori's actions, she believes Lori would never do anything to harm her kids. She has, however, publicly expressed worry that Alex might be responsible for the attempt on her ex-husband's life. This assassination attempt, however, is not the only one. October 9th, 2019, Tammy Daybell, wife of Doomsday author Chad Daybell reports to police that while she was unloading groceries, a man in a ski mask came up and attempted to shoot her with what she believed was a paintball gun. The assailant escaped before police arrived. Due to the commonality of reports of a paintball gun between Tammy and Brandon, it is suspected that Alex might have made the attempt on Tammy's life as well. No bullet or sign of a gunshot was recovered at the scene. Ten days after this incident, on October 19th, Tammy Daybell, at the age of 49, Mm. is found dead inside her home. The coroner listed it As death by natural causes.
2: What? Tammy doesn't deserve that. that. The coroner is part of the cult.
1: No. (laughs) We'll get to it. Well,
2: because, like, yeah, wait. She said she was 49? 49. That's not very
1: natural. And she was training for a 5K at the time. Oh, yeah, supernatural. look,
2: Look at her picture. She looks great. She's glowing. She's wearing a printed top, smirking. She was not dying of natural causes.
1: Chad Daybell requested. That no autopsy be done on his wife. He then collected four hundred and thirty thousand dollars in life insurance. No,
2: how is this not insurance fraud? (laughs) How?
1: Okay, so
0: I wasn't gonna make fun of his chin, but I'm making fun of his chin, Chad. (laughs) Your chin sucks.
2: I will say one thing, (laughs) Chad. Hey, Chad, you a hoe? Timmy, Chad. I've had. Where was you said this
1: is Phoenix? Um. I actually don't remember where uh, where the Daybell family lived. I'm not sure.
2: All I'm saying is there are multiple deaths that have occurred in my family. I mean, via natural causes, like genuine natural causes, age and things like that, where no autopsy was wanted or anything like that because they just it kind of just goes against their like core beliefs. That was obviously there was nothing weird going on. But that's the only thing that, like, I understand is just, like, that whole, like, they're gone. I just want to respect what's left of them. Right. And
1: that was, I think that was Chad's reasoning is he said she wouldn't have wanted it.
2: Right. It's just, it's weird
1: with all this other Can stuff going though. on. Oh. It's a bit of a cop Yeah. Get a biopsy. Do you want to get weirder? Yes. So So Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow. Shot and killed by her brother, right? In self-defense, as he claims. Tammy Daybell dies of natural causes. Two weeks after the death of Tammy Daybell on the island of Kauai, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell get married. No!
2: two weeks?
1: Police later discovered that on October 2nd, the same day an attempt was made on Brandon Boudreaux's life, and 17 days before Tammy Daybell's death, Charles Vallow's Amazon account was used to purchase two wedding bands, and they were shipped to Lori's address in Rexburg again. Charles Vallow's account was used, but by this time, he was dead, and at this point, Tammy Daybell was still alive.
0: Uh, See, that doesn't make it I, more confusing I, I, to me. That just makes things fairly obvious.
2: That they, like, killed him?
1: So, also, this is all leading up to where we started our story.
2: Oh. oh. So, all This is of just this, the
1: history. Yes, yeah. this is the history. Because finally, after two deaths... One assassination attempt, talks of supernatural abilities, and the apocalypse itself, we come full circle to where we started. November 26, 2019, Rexburg police conduct a welfare check for J.J. Vallow, requested by his grandparents. After Lori and Chad lie to police about J.J. and Tylee's whereabouts, they are nowhere to be found when police arrive the next day with a search warrant. So now we're all caught up. Okay. So that, that welfare check requested by the grandparents is what set this whole thing into motion. Because up to that point, it was a bunch of individual events that were not being connected to one another. And this is, a,
0: frankly, a legal motivation that they can use to get in to do what they want. Because before, it, it's a lot of he said, she said, and there's not a lot of corroborated evidence. But a welfare check,
2: it's like how... Well, and also a like, welfare check on a minor.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like and now two
1: minors. It's the same thing that
0: people get caught for tax fraud when they're mafia headmen.
1: <laughs> now both the kids are missing, and and uh, Laurie and Chad are in the are in the wind. It's so weird. This is a horrible. So where did mother.
2: the police show up with a search warrant?
1: They showed up to uh, Laurie. Laurie, sorry, not Laurie and Chad. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was right. I'm so, yes, yeah. Laurie and Chad. Sorry, I didn't want to say Charles because he's he's a good man. Um... So Laurie and Chad they showed up to their home in Rexburg. Okay. So that was where Chad moved in with the family shortly after his wife died.
2: Right. Uh, like two weeks.
1: Two weeks they got married in Kauai without the kids.
2: That's like one pace. Also, who's Bolt. to
1: say that the kids were even still at the home or safe or wherever they are? That's true. December 11th, 2019, police decide that further investigation needs to be done into the death of Tammy Daybell. They have exhumed her body for an autopsy, the results of which have not been made public.
2: Oh, no. The
1: day after this, on December 12th, Lori's brother, Alex, is found dead oh. in Wait, Gilbert, Arizona. Wait, who? Alex, Alex is dead.
2: Oh, no. That at, sounds
0: like a loose
1: end. Sister. At the time, police were not releasing any information on this <laughs> mysterious death. Before his death, I think it's important to mention that Alex himself got married two weeks before he died to a woman named Zulema. Zulema? Alex, Alex was found dead in her home, and Zulema, who also believed that she had her own set of supernet. Sorry. It, no, Zulema... Also believe she had her own set of supernatural abilities. I can't remember is she also what, it, what they were. I don't know. All I know is that on Dateline NBC, one of the interviews mentioned that Lori was talking about Zulema and the special superpowers she had. Her her relation to like the quote unquote cult and any of that has not nothing's been said about that. Okay,
2: well, to Zulema's- That's interesting.
1: Yeah, Zulema. Okay. Alex Alex's wife right how do you before he died. spell Z U L E M A. That's how
2: I picture it. Is she that Hispanic?
1: Point. I have no idea. It's a fairly Hispanic Zulema's name. I i have zero idea. All I know is her yeah. name is Zulema.
0: <laughs> a lot of some of the workers on my farm growing up were Hispanic and they had a daughter named Zulema, so I can only assume it is Spanish in yeah, origin. Yeah, I was but say my first thought of was Hispanic, yeah. And
1: I all I know it. is that she exists. She married Alex two weeks before so, he died, and she thought she had superpowers. Yes. I feel like
0: there there's a lot of like connections okay. and similarities between like all the other people dying with this. So why don't they see this?
1: They are at this point. Okay, no, yeah. They I think it's fairly
0: point. obvious. It's that there's no direct connection.
1: Right. Yeah. So at the time police weren't releasing anything about Alex Cox's death. Um, Was this state police, FBI, like what organization? The FBI are involved I was going to say,
0: this sounds like FBI. The FBI at this point are involved.
1: So, once police officially announce their investigation into the disappearance of Tylee and JJ, all the public knows is that Lori and Chad are not cooperating with police. Over the course of about a month and a half, police search Chad and Lori Daybell's home and also discover a storage facility where the couple had dumped many of JJ and Tylee's toys and personal items. Security cameras show Lori, Chad, and Alex all making multiple trips to the storage facility to pack things away. Yeah, I don't like Anybody that at all. Anybody
2: who has a storage facility? <laughs> that's nah. a storage facility. facility. That's a, that's
0: a big blanket <laughs> statement. My <disappointment>. parents <laughs> have some couches in a storage facility.
2: You have road. a storage facility. We literally have an <laughs> you attic. You probably murdered someone.
0: We literally have an attic.
2: Okay, so let's... Where else am I supposed Sarah. to keep all the people you I've killed, Sarah? Okay, okay, okay. Like, I admit okay. that I've killed... Okay, <laughs> okay let, me, let me rephrase this. If you... Seem really suspicious about murdering someone. You. I don't care if you have a storage facility or not. I think, the, the, I, think not. A, I think you're in a logical if, you, if you're like already like a fishy person, and then you also have a storage facility. mm you're guilty. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, if, no. you're, if you're a
1: fishy person, everything you do is fishy. That yeah, doesn't, that, that you're doesn't you're make storage and facility fishy. I can say, if you're a fishy person and you like ice cream... Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a fishy... You know what I said? I said, Dave fucking chin.
2: Fuck person, your chin. He loves Chad. ice cream.
1: <laughs> that sick Seriously, son of a bitch.
0: I could like... I feel like... You could bounce Chad's chin <laughs> like like a skyball. It's dude, so like was, inflated, dude. Yeah, I was thinking it's so far out. I could balance a book <laughs> on it. Dude, it's it's like it's like Wario personified.
1: <laughs> I, I can't believe this. This is, is real. amazing, I want you guys to know. <laughs> Authorities locate Chad and Lori in Kauai. Of course. Living in a luxury condo with no sign of the children. What the fuck? In fact, it was later revealed that when Lori and Chad sent in their email application for the rental, they listed that they were a quiet couple with no pets and no children. What the fuck? Lori was court-ordered to produce the children by January 30th, 2020 in Rexburg, <laughs> Idaho. Wait, hold on.
2: You need to reread that because we're laughing at that. <laughs>
1: um... Oh, Lori was court-ordered to produce the children by January 30th, 2020 in Rexburg, Idaho.
2: Just laughing at it. Silently, Sarah! It was totally <laughs> Laughing fine. at
0: what? I think they're laughing at, like, having to produce children.
2: Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> like, oh, it. It's
0: Sarah. just like, like yes. hey, like, you, Lori, you better make children in a
1: month. And if you <laughs> don't, Okay, I guess I can try ah!
2: God, that is, I'm so that was loud.
0: sorry no.
1: It was for the joke
2: It was a good
0: joke, I can't wait to
1: listen to that <laughs> We're just, keeping all this just so that. everyone knows I love Okay, you. so police were like, listen, show mm-hmm. us your kids are alive by January 30th or else uh, <laughs> Don't know what um, or else means 19 or 20? 2020.
2: Damn, it's so recent. This is happening, this is happening, happening right now. Yeah, no, I know. It's just it They to effective.
1: produce the children. <laughs> she did not cooperate or communicate with law enforcement and ignored the court order. January 30th came and went with no sign of the children. Oh,
2: no. That's really
1: sad. Finally, Nearly a month later, on February 20th, 2020, Lori Daybell is arrested in Kauai for multiple charges, including two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. Other charges include resisting or obstructing police officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime, and contempt of court. She was extradited back to Rexburg, Idaho, where she currently sits in jail with a $1 million bond. That bond amount had been reduced. It was originally $5 million. As of right now, police are currently investigating Lori and Chad Daybell in the mysterious death of Chad's former wife, Tammy. No new details have been released to the public in regards to that case. In regards to the strange death of Alex Cox, police finally released an update on the autopsy and I personally was surprised NBC News released an article on May 9th 2020
2: it was so reporting close.
1: that the medical examiner ruled Alex Cox's death of natural causes seems like a theme. Alex Cox died in December from a pulmonary embolism, a condition that causes one or more arteries in the lungs to become blocked by a blood clot. Bl- bl- uh, blood cot. Cot? Clot? <laughs> clot. I said it right the first time. Yeah, we cutting over it uh, it's, it's a clot, dog. I'm sorry. Don't. As of right now, that's where the case sits. Chad Daybell has not been charged with anything. Lori Vallow remains in jail and refuses to cooperate with police and no one has any idea where JJ and Tylie are or if they are even still alive.
2: It's so sad. It has
1: been revealed through previous emails and other correspondences involving Chad Daybell that within his small religious group, he has made more than just one accusation of demonic possession. Chad Daybell claimed that Charles Vallo was a zombie possessed by a demon, and Alex Cox shot and killed him. Daybell claimed that Brandon Boudreaux was a zombie possessed by a demon, and someone made an attempt at his life. Daybell claimed that his own wife, Tammy Daybell, was a zombie possessed by a demon, and she was found dead under what police are now calling mysterious circumstances. In these correspondences, it was also revealed that Debo claimed that both 17-year-old Tylee and 7-year-old JJ were zombies possessed by demons, and now they are missing. The Rexburg Police Department asks anyone with information regarding JJ and Tylee's whereabouts or welfare to contact the department at 1-208-359-3000, or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-the-lost.
2: Okay, so I, really I I I've never been part of LDS, I've never like I grew up in a Christian family but not LDS. That being said though, I've still never heard of zombie in any form or fashion. I mean demons, possession, things like that are a part of you know, aspects of the Bible, but I've the fact that
1: zombie Popped up in those four, three or four cases. Yeah, so they
2: like use super specific. They use the non- word.
1: It's part of their yeah. No, Mor- Mormonism is like a normal. Yeah, it's uh, a very religion. sane religion. I, I'm yeah. just saying, I wasn't
2: part of LDS, so I don't yeah. know. No, I, it's, I don't know.
1: It's a weird. It's it's weird because actually, um, uh, LDS has had a lot of weird sex that have turned into cults. Um, it's weird uh, actually how, how that's happened before. Um, but it seemed like they had their own vernacular. Zombie were the family to had their own, the, the, the like oh. religious group. Gotcha. They had their own vernacular where zombie meant someone who like lost their soul and, uh, was basically zombie refers to like their body and then they were being possessed by a demon. Who was like working against and how Jesus? Would they, and all
2: and that. how would they presume one loses one's soul while still I living? I think it
1: is Weird fucking culture. crazy. People going, I want this person dead. They're a zombie and they have a right, demon in them. Yeah. So, Alex, are you gonna are you gonna do God's will and do what needs to be done? Yeah, it's the same dehumanization tactic used by fascists all over the world.
2: That's so. Oh gosh, I honestly. I Like, adults died. That's a very disturbing, traumatic thing. But I'm really just worried about the kids. Oh my god, it's so
1: sad. I mean, also there's a pandemic going
2: on with this. So,
0: like, frankly, it's not probably going to be a lot happening. It's a lot harder now with everything. Going I
1: think on. Lori was trying to get out of jail because of COVID and everyone was like, no, no, you're staying the fuck in there. Because, <laughs> see, like, her and Chad. Get that, Rona. I don't care that a trial hasn't happened yet. Fuck you both. Yeah. You did something to your kids. Like, there's no, they were with you. There you is won't cooperate a crime. with police. Whether or not they had those people
0: killed, there is a legitimate you did something child to your kids. abandonment crime.
1: Fuck you. And I do, because this case just sucks the life out of me, and I want to do, like, an update episode with you guys um, down the road. Yeah, I'd I'd like to revisit this case when there's, you know, enough worth to do another episode on. Um, Or even, like, an update thing if something major happens. Uh, I just Googled just to see, like, did anything happen today? And no, nothing's happened. Um, So, to end on a little bit of a lighter note, it hasn't happened yet. Right now it's May. But uh, during all of my research, I've discovered that a lot of people found... And I haven't read anything from Chad Daybell himself, but I've heard a lot of people talking about this around him, so I would assume it's correct. But uh, according to those really close to the case, they've stated that Chad has said that the end of the world is July 22nd, 2020.
2: Well, at this rate that we're going...
1: Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Chad's yeah. wrong. Not validate <laughs> no, no, Chad. No, no, don't validate sorry. Chad. I'm sorry. I wanted to end on a high note by saying this episode's going to come out after July twenty second. I can't wait for this episode to come out after, <laughs> after the the world hasn't ended. So can't wait for that. Can't wait to see the fallout of uh, how the world not ending on July twenty second whatever that does to him uh but we will be revisiting this case uh whether uh through a smaller update or something but i'll be keeping you guys updated i've been following this case for a really long time so i'm very invested and uh we just hope and pray that tiley and jj are maybe in a survival bunker somewhere alive and okay so with that said thank you everyone so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five star rating. That really helps us in being able to take this show to weekly. So thank you guys so much. And I'm your host, Tanner Razanero, the odd one out. reminder that there is a very important update episode on our feed regarding the disappearance of Tylee and JJ. So to make sure you get the full story, head on over to our update episode and get all the details there. Thanks for listening.